Today, the liturgy of the Eucharist begins with the presentation of the gifts. So many of us call this rite the offertory. We feel very honored when we are chosen to bring up the gifts of bread and wine and the collection given by the community at Mass. In many parishes, the congregation stands up in solidarity as the gifts are brought up. Silently we say, that is my gift. I am proud to be a part of this prayer and worship. In earlier times, the deacons presented the bread and the cup of wine mixed with water to the bishop. The bishop then began the Eucharistic prayer. In latter time, the bishop said a prayer over the bread and the wine before beginning this prayer. The rite gradually expanded when the people themselves brought the gifts to the altar. It was simply called the preparation of the gifts. By the third and fourth centuries, the bringing of gifts to the altar became very elaborate. It developed into a whole ritual in itself. Tables were prepared at the side aisles, and they were covered to overflowing with gifts. The bishop would receive gifts from the aristocracy and the deacons from the rest of the congregation. One could see how this would affect the unity of the faithful people. The people called this ritual the offertory. Today, we have restored its original name to the preparation of the gifts. When the early followers of the Christ gathered together for the Eucharist, soon after the bishop said the words, this is my body and this is my blood, the blessed bread was broken and shared. Then the cup was passed around. This is the communion as we have it today. Now we spend time between the words of consecration and the sharing of the bread or communion. We pray for the living, we pray for the dead, we pray for the Pope, the Bishop, and the leaders of the Church. Today these prayers are highly structured. We also pray for our secular leaders. The tradition of praying for the needs of the community and the world has been there since the very early gatherings of the Church's members. St. Paul encouraged Timothy, and let us listen to what he says. 1st of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The breaking of the bread. Following the tradition of the Passover meal, Jesus Christ took bread into his hands, pronounced the prayer of praise, and then broke the bread. In the early church, this breaking of bread was the only ritual. This occurred between the Eucharistic prayer and the communion. 
There was one bread which was broken. The one bread was a sign of unity. It was a sign that we all form one body in Christ, as St. Paul tells us in the first letter to the Corinthians when he says, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we shall all partake of one bread. As we now hear in the Acts of the Apostles, the Eucharist itself was once called the breaking of the bread. Awe came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Communion was a sacred and solemn ritual then as it is now. However, a great emphasis was placed on unity among the church members. This union was to be established before the believers could approach the altar for the communion. If there was any division in the communion, that division had to be healed before the bread that was broken and the cup that was shared. In these small communities, this was possible because they knew one another. Furthermore, if there was a rift between members, it would be clearly visible. It would be scandalous. Communion was truly a sign of union in the community. The early believers took the call for unity seriously and almost literally followed the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. So, when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. There was another dimension to communion. An important group in the community were the elderly and the homebound. These believers were unable to be physically present at the Eucharist. Some of the blessed bread was broken to be shared with those who could not be present. It was wrapped in a small linen cloth. The presider would then send the members to them with the words, Ite Misa Est, or words to that effect. In the name of the community, we tell you, go, you are sent forth. Today we use that greeting for the whole congregation at the end of Mass. For those of us who do not know Latin, we think ite misa est means, go, the Mass is ended. But it was Latin for ite congregatio misa est, 
which means go, the assembly is dismissed. Our dynamism and challenge today is the same as our early church 2,000 years ago. They had to return to the secular world and their daily chores. They had just received the body and blood of the Lord. They had been encouraged and supported by the faith community. They were transformed. They had a metanoia, a change of attitude, a courage that came from their communion with the Lord. We have arrived at the dismissal. As we go forth at the end of our Mass, the words spoken about Jesus are words both of blessing and a challenge found in the Gospel of St. Luke. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. We too are called to bring the good news and set people free. We are encouraged at the end of Mass. As I encourage you at the end of this mission, go in peace to love and serve the Lord by the way we choose to live our lives. Our response to this blessing and challenge are the simple yet powerful words, thanks be to God.